Welcome to the Gut Doctor Podcast, where Dr. Neil Parikh describes GI disorders and answers common questions related to the GI tract. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We hope you enjoy. Today we're going to talk wine. Um, I really do enjoy my wine, and to help me go over this topic, I'd like to welcome Devon Parikh, a fellow gastroenterologist, an interventional gastroenterologist, and one who practices in the Pacific Northwest, which is one of the you know great wine regions in America. Devon, welcome to the show. Thanks, Neil. It's uh, great to be on. And yes, I am very fortunate to be living in the Pacific Northwest with uh, access to Willamette Valley, Oregon, and uh, Walla Walla, Washington. So I want to focus this episode on the potential benefits of wine. Uh, but obviously, you know, we are both physicians, and I want to or need to start with a public service announcement. Wine, like all forms of alcohol, can have significant negative health effects. And overconsumption of alcohol, including wine, can lead to liver disease, cardiovascular disease, and death. So while we're going to talk today about some possible health perks of wine drinking today, this is wine drinking at safe levels and not in excess. So I'm not going to keep hashing this point over and over again, but if you need to know what is a safe level for you, please speak with your provider. Um, with all that being said, let's talk about how wine could potentially help us. So Devin, should we first start discuss the ingredients in wine that could be beneficial? Sure. Uh, let's uh, dive right in. Um, when it comes to the benefits of wine, you know, I, I think the, this is rooted in the, the French paradox, which was uh, a term that came out in uh, 1979, paper in Lancet. And that paper, the researchers made the observation of lower rates of coronary artery disease, deaths from coronary artery disease, despite high intake of uh, cholesterol and saturated fats in the French population. And it was believed that uh, perhaps the consumption of wine, which was also higher in the French population, could be beneficial and responsible for some of those observations. So that's a study that had a lot of confounding variables, as you'll see of other studies as well since that time. But it did kick off this uh, research that looked into the benefits of wine. So as far as ingredients are concerned, uh, the main ingredients that are of benefit would be first polyphenols. So polyphenols are antioxidants. And I think a lot of us have heard of resveratrol which is found in grape skins, and um, a lesser known antioxidant, but also important, um, anthocyanin. Those are the two major polyphenols that have benefits. Um, there are lesser polyphenols, uh, catechin and epicatechin. Uh, those are less common. And one thing to note is, you know, a lot of the studies they've done, uh, basic science studies, are in animals, so mice, 
And the amounts of resveratrol used in those studies um, is a lot. So you would need to consume a lot of red wine in order to get those benefits. And of course, we would not recommend consuming wine in, in massive quantities. Um, but those are, those are the polyphenols. The other ingredient that is a benefit would be probiotics. So specifically bifidobacterium, lactobacillus, bacteroides, and then there are others. These tend to be higher in, in wine. And I think we'll talk about some of those benefits later, but uh, that's another important ingredient in wine. Not, not to be left you know, in third position, but there are benefits to ethanol as well. Um, in obviously in moderation and in lesser uh, quantity, ethanol does have health benefits on its own. So you mentioned, obviously mentioned polyphenols, probiotics, and when you talk about polyphenols, you mentioned resveratrol or resveratrol, and you said that was specifically in red wine. We, we all have come across different media articles to talk about red wine. Is, is this a good spot for us to distinguish red wine and white wine when it comes to polyphenols and probiotics? Yeah, absolutely. So um, overall, red wine is healthier than white wine if you were to drink wine for health reasons. Uh, red wine does have a greater amount of antioxidants, and it has to do with the way red wine is produced. So if you know anything about or something about the wine making process, uh, wine undergoes maceration. The maceration is the part of wine making where, um, where the wine is just soaking in grape skin, seeds, and stems. And that's more common with red wine. In white wine production, the grapes are pressed and the juice is released, but winemakers don't macerate the wine with the skins and the seeds and the stems because then you'd get a really bitter and high tannin white wine which no one wants, right? So because of that, red wine has uh, a lot more um, polyphenols, specifically, uh, you know, three times as many polyphenols as white wine. Um, red wine um, also um, has more, um, more probiotics. And that's because the healthy bacteria feed off of those antioxidants to proliferate. Red wine has marginally richer um, vitamins and nutrients. So a higher quantity of things like iron, niacin, and riboflavin. And then I think an important distinction to make um, going beyond just red and white wine is that of natural wine. So natural wine has a higher level of antioxidants and probiotics. There's no objective data to show that natural wine is healthier than non-natural wine or unnatural wine. But since it does have these higher levels of antioxidants and probiotics, 
one can conclude that possibly that's better for you than unnatural wine. Natural wine is basically wine without additives, right? So it's not quite organic wine. It's a step above organic wine. So no herbicides, pesticides, uh, no additives, so no sulfites. They use natural yeast fermentation. And so when you look at a natural wine, if you haven't had one before, it's really interesting. It's, it's cloudy. And it has to do with the sediment that gets retained uh, because a lot of the filtration and clarification process isn't there as it is with unnatural wine. So it's really funky, interesting tasting wine. If I if I'm thinking this correctly, natural wine is almost like kombucha, right? It, it's it tastes similar to kombucha or like uh, sour beer, right? Where it's so unprocessed, unfiltered. Is that correct? Yeah, that that's a good comparison. Um, it's, it, except it makes a difference in the case of beer, where the hops are sourced or how they're produced. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of the unnatural wine making process. Uh, it starts in the vineyards. So it's how the grapes are actually grown. Um, and so, it, it, and then of course, in the wine making process, there's also um, the use of less additives, but really it starts in the vineyard. There's really no consensus definition when it comes to natural wine as, it, as there is for organic wine. But it's just a, a very interesting movement that's, uh, that's taken place. That is fascinating. Um, and I, I, am glad you clarified because my initial thought with natural wine was organic wine, but it's important that there is a distinction there. Yeah. Earlier in this episode, or, you know, your, your first, uh, comment was about the French paradox and kind of how that launched this whole wine as a potential health, healthy, um, ingredient um, and research, etc. And when you talk about the French paradox, you mentioned coronary artery disease. So what are some potential health benefits, not as a GI specific of wine, you know, and in this case, red wine, or even natural wine specifically? Sure. Um, so, so I should say, first of all, the benefits of red wine, and especially in the studies that, that they've done, uh, this is in addition to a healthy lifestyle. So not in lieu of a healthy lifestyle. Um, you know, if you are not exercising appropriately, eating right, then, you know, barring genetics, you're, you're probably not going to do well just drinking water. Um, the main benefit that people have noticed um, or that's gotten more of the research attention has been heart health. So red wine has been shown to increase HDL, lower LDL, and it's believed to just reduce inflammation globally. Um, this is, of course, only the case with moderate consumption, right? so not binge drinking. They actually did a great study uh, in the British Medical Journal in, in 2010 of when they looked at patient, people who drink moderately versus binge drinking. And they found that the people who had moderate consumption of alcohol did get those benefits of heart health, increased HDL, lower LDL, but not the population 
that that engaged in binge drinking. Uh, the other potential benefit uh, of red wine, and this is looser data. So we're not talking randomized clinical studies, but there was a study in um, Annals of Internal Medicine in 2000 that showed an increased lifespan in patients who, or people who consumed uh, red wine in moderate levels. It's, it's also believed to reduce the risk of stroke, reduce blood clots, and that may be the effects of the ethanol too, by itself. There is some data, weak data, uh, more of an association that red wine reduces the risk of dementia. And there's actually pretty good evidence about red wine reducing um, insulin resistance. And this is believed to be largely the effect of antioxidants rather than the alcohol component. And for this, we actually have randomized controlled data. There's a study out of Spain back in uh, 2013, which is really interesting. And so they showed a benefit in um, reduced insulin resistance. So I actually, you know, this is a side, but I saw my PCP earlier this week and I have to get my lipid panel checked next week. So I could argue that, you know, after my lipid panel comes back, I can focus on red wine instead of a potential statin you're saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not sure about that, but, uh, you know, red, a little bit of red wine in addition to that statin might do the trick. Okay. All right. I'm going to make a note of that. Um, <laughs> Davan, how about some GI-specific benefits um, from wine? Sure. Uh, so, so polyphenols um, affect the composition of uh, fecal microbiota and reduce the risk of metabolic syndrome. There's actually good data for this. And um, there was a randomized controlled trial uh, in 2016 that showed increased number of bifidobacteria, lactobacillus, and others, and lower numbers of E. coli and enterobacter in those people who consumed red wine at safe levels. And what they showed in these patients, uh, not just the reduced risk of metabolic syndrome, but they actually went and got uh, markers on these patients for, or, or subjects they showed improved metabolic syndrome markers of lower glucose levels, lower blood pressure, lower triglyceride, and improved HDL. Now, of course, some of that may be genetics. You know, uh, some of that might be lifestyle, but they did control for, for those factors as much as possible. So it, the data is pretty impressive if you, if you look at that paper. Uh, red wine, as I mentioned before, like three times the polyphenols of white wine. So the study was with red wine. And the idea behind red wine improving good bacteria in the colon has to do, again, with the polyphenols and the grape skins. And as I mentioned, those are nutrients for these good bacteria to proliferate. What's interesting is that these healthy bacteria, when they 
when they grow at a good level, they actually replace bacteria that um, that have a lipopolysaccharide or LPS. So some of you in, in basic science or, or physicians, you know, we learned about this in undergrad and in um, first year of medical school. So you have these gram-negative bacteria that have LPS in their membranes, and those are toxic compounds. And so the healthy bacteria actually replace these bacteria, which is supposed to be helpful for um, your, your overall gut health. One thing I didn't know and came to learn was that healthy bacteria also reduce uh, a compound called um, malondialdehyde. And malondialdehyde is a marker of oxidative stress. Yeah, there was a great article published in 2015 about this, and it, um, it showed that there were lower levels of, of MDA in, in people who uh, consume red wine at safe levels. So those are the primary GI benefits. It's centered around the gut microbiome, and the belief is not just that it helped regulate gut health, you know, not necessarily that bowel movements are better or less abdominal pain, although those could be other benefits. The main benefits seem to be centered, centered around reducing metabolic syndrome and, um, and those and, and, um, metabolic syndrome-related uh, diseases. So if red wine's primary GI benefit is, you know, in the, in the gut flora, like you said, and what is your, this can be the hardest question of the day, what is your go-to pro-gut glass of wine? Oh, wow. I was, I was hoping you'd ask this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that's interesting. You know, all this talk about red wine, uh, my favorite wine is actually, you know, it's hard to say favorite, but um, I really enjoy music, which is not a red wine, <laughs> but but it goes with all types of food and um, you can find low alcohol versions and it's just a beautiful wine, especially aged Riesling with those tertiary, quaternary fruit characteristics. It's just out of this world. Um, but, you know, if I had to pick a pro-gut glass of wine, red wine, I would, I would choose, uh, I would choose Burgundy, a Burgundy Pinot Noir. So ideally from a good region like uh, Gabri Chambotin or Chambotin, one of those nice regions in Burgundy. Um, those wines are just outstanding. Uh, don't need a ton of age. Uh, they drink really well at like 10 years out even and they're just awesome especially when you pair them with um the truffle the mushroom outstanding <laughs> stuff Zavan, thank you so much oh, it's a pleasure neil thanks for having me on